Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Monday, March 29th. We are still in the trenches of the dreaded red zone lockdown here at the Mayfair Theater. Still marching on. Marching on through March. For a few more days, I guess. And as a timely example, I have no idea what day or week or time of day it is because Eric in messages sent to me it really makes sense when i look back at it too he was saying that he's free on mondays and i thought that was tomorrow maybe i don't know so (laughs) i was sitting here after a busy morning having lunch and watching my stories and then he emailed or texted and was like oh yeah i'm ready to go soon and i was like what (laughs) yeah i had a package for delivery and then i was like realized i was like more focused on that and i was like well i don't know maybe i wasn't that clear i keep switching it up i'm either tuesday or monday it always keeps changing. And then we tried to invite Andrew, but haven't heard back from him. He could be still sleeping at this time of day. I don't know. He could like pop in midway through. I don't know. Or, or not. True. <laughs> I always want to get Lee on here too, but he's so busy right now because they have a, well, not a new dog, but they have a dog that entails a lot of walking. So his routine, he was telling me now, is basically walking the dog all day, doing some Mayfair stuff in between then, and then watching old movies at night. He's retired, essentially. Yeah. I think a lot of us are in that spot. We're like, oh, this is what retirement is going to be like. (laughs) We hope. But yeah, today I went to the Mayfair, checked in. Everything's good there still. The silver lining about this, God, this fourth lockdown happening right now is that we're going to go back and we're going to be able to change the marquees and there's not going to be all this snow to shovel there's not going to be death icicles hanging off the roof that we have to take care of so everything's good now we got the new steps put in in the side so we'll be able to make use of that exit again that alleyway which in wintertime just gets deadly you can't keep up with it because the snow and ice and just the science of how the shadows fall it's a real death trap in there so (laughs) that's all good now and yeah and we're just waiting somebody i'm never trying to pick a fight i don't think anybody's out to get us i think it's stressful time for a lot of people right now so i don't think the powers that be are out to get us i don't think the government's out to get us you'll see a lot of people on our facebook or twitter every once in a while try to instigate us I don't know, not picking a fight, but being angry. (laughs) And I'm just like, no, it's okay. Yeah, they want to watch from the shadows while the whole thing burns. (laughs) Yeah, and so we're just waiting. It is strange now because other people aren't closed. And we did send an email to the powers that be. And we heard back from our city councilor right away. He contacted other people on our behalf and got an email back. And was so tempted to reply but then i just didn't because just like oh you know they're probably all having rough days there too with much more Mm -hmm. stressful things than a closed movie theater but essentially i got back the most cut and paste email response possible (laughs) nice like with my name typed in at the top and then clearly a chain letter because there was no specificity towards the Mayfair. And there was only one F in Stafford and it's a Jash instead of Josh. You're like, come on. Yeah, that would have been the more telling thing that would have made me laugh if it would have said John or Stratford <laughs> or something like that. Oh, man. <laughs> but it basically just was this email that I'm sure they're sending to everybody who writes in to be like, help, I want an answer. And I was so tempted to reply, I would feel better if I was either completely ignored or if you took two seconds to go, look, you're closed, live with it, 
Mm-hmm. You'll get to be back open soon. We're really sorry. Yeah. But just to get a chain letter back was like, I'm sure you're sending out a hundred of these a day, but it was a strange feeling to be like, well, I guess I've been replied to, you know? Yeah. They didn't ignore you technically. Yeah. In a court of law, we have been answered. So shut up. Yeah. It's, I guess, progress. I don't know. Yeah. And that might make some folks angry, but I don't share that story to garner up a storming of City Hall or anything. It's just, (laughs) that's where we're at now. We're just waiting and we're not okay, but we're okay. Yeah. If it was a more dire situation, trust us, we would be instigating a Kickstarter or something. It's weird when you shut down because it also means you're not paying for distribution fees and the employees aren't getting paid because they're getting help elsewhere, all that kind of stuff. So you're in a little bit of a limbo and we're taking advantage of everything we can in terms of rent relief programs and all that kind of stuff. So we would rather be open, but it's been so strange because if we come back on Friday, is it just going to be round five closing two weeks later? Who knows? No, and this is how Andrew just found out he's not been getting paid this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not getting paid. What? Yeah, he just thought he kept forgetting to pick up his checks, but that's going to get awkward next week. So are you still going to your grown-up job, or are you at home yeah. now for that? No, I, I still do like one day a week at home, generally Monday or Tuesday, and for the rest of the time I go in. It's kind of funny, like I was talking about it with my wife and a couple other people, just like what is essential and what's not vis-a-vis like trying to get a vaccine or, you know, or get in line or whatever like that. I'll take as long as it takes. I mean, I don't really care about that, but... Just it's funny that like what is essential and what isn't because she's working mainly in construction. And so they were deemed essential instantly, basically, like they were off for about six hours and then they were like, no, no, they're working on parliament. So, you know, it is important, but it's also weird. Like, I'm not sure where she ranks in getting a vaccine. I'm in the office four days a week as well. So it's like, am I essential or not? And then when she gets her vaccine, but I won't, that's the other whole debate. It's, it's getting weird when you're not vaccinating the household, but you know, half is, and like, it's starting to get strange. I mean, for me, I'm just worried about my parents and they've gotten theirs booked for April and August, apparently. I didn't know there's a four month in between, but I guess that's better than nothing. Oh, weird. I thought it was two weeks in between or something like that. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't, I'm almost wondering if, because my dad's a bit older, as I think he's, I mean, he'd hate to admit it, but I think he's like 75. I'm pretty sure what she meant was he's getting his April and then she's not getting hers till August because she's the young old age of 70 or whatever. Like she was in the weird in between age. So I think that's what she meant because I was like, there's no way they're doing four months in between the dosage. Yeah, I know just from hearing Dana Carvey on Conan, I think I saw him. He must be around 60-something, mm-hmm. and he said he's gotten his double dose, like, two weeks apart. So the joke is, oh, you're immortal now, which, as he said, he's like, well, we're not for sure on that yet, but it's good to have them versus not having them. Yeah, yeah. But I know a few people, like Dana Carvey, Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy, just because I follow mm-hmm. him on stuff, I know that he posted a photo that he's gotten a double dose. So older folks down in the States I know confirmation are starting to get them it was like my thought that 2021 is still a write-off for a lot of stuff but for us really it's clinging to existence in this year and then hopefully 2022 is sunshine lollipops and rainbows yeah i mean we got to get all this figured out in the next couple of days so that godzilla versus kong can go ahead yeah (laughs) i assume that's what we're all thinking about well someone was just asking me about that and i was saying it's funny because 
when you're a kid, you think grownups all know what's going on. And then you become a grownup and you realize nobody knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. And whether that be in the entertainment industry or parents or somebody at a school or a teacher, like everyone's just kind of winging it. Yeah. Different levels of smart. But nonetheless, you hear stories all the time of somebody on a film set who doesn't know what went wrong with the camera equipment and they're just winging it. Or you hear about a teacher asked a question in a classroom and they're like, I don't know, but they got to pretend that they know what's going on because they're the teacher. Mm -hmm. And that's how kind of now feels with film distribution, where film distribution was a complicated beast before. Now it's just weird and I don't think there's any going back and I hope and I'm confident that it's going to be better for indie cinemas than the multiplexes with no ill will towards the multiplexes but I just think we're going to be better suited towards hey do you want to show Kong Godzilla for a week or Dune or Suicide Squad Mm -hmm. and we say sure whereas the multiplexes I believe the standoff they had with Netflix was essentially Netflix would say do you want the Irishman for a few weeks or a month and they would say no we want it for three months and Netflix went no we're gonna go to indie cinemas instead and they called their bluff and that's kind of why we had that why we have that good relationship with Netflix as do a lot of indie cinemas so who knows what the summer holds I would love if we get all these Warner Brothers films that are hitting HBO the same day as the silver screen Yeah, and I know they were talking about they made some sort of side deal now, I think it was Universal, where there's going to be like a 45-day window now in between HBO Max and cinemas. Oh, that's interesting. Or the opposite of that. I don't know if it's it's all of them or if that's just a thing going forward, but that was kind of the speculation was now that you've done that, it's going to be pretty hard to convince them not to keep doing it. So that might be the new kind of model. But the nice thing for us, though, is that doesn't necessarily hurt us. It could actually help us in a way. because Some people wait to see stuff at Mayfair instead, or we're not just playing the, you know, Matrix 4s and the Godzilla Kongs. It's kind of interesting if that would be the way it would go. It would, it would really more so hurt the competition than us. I mean, fingers crossed, obviously. Yeah, and when we come back to, in the best of times, of course, we would have sellouts on occasion for Saturday morning cartoons or stuff like that. But on any given day, even when we had a bit of a heavier schedule, if we had a couple of matinees and a couple of evening shows, if two out of four of those were well attended and one of the matinees ended up having 12 people and one of the evening shows had 30, but then the other one had 150, things kind of average out. But even back then, we were never in a time where we had... 325 people for four shows in a row so the weird thing is i have learned that the color code in ottawa i think just in ottawa is for cinemas anyways is 50 until things get way better the yellow zone is 50 people the green zone is 50 people essentially we got to be out of zones till we Mm. can start having 51 or more people in that could change because things change all the time so we really got to hedge our bets on things getting actually better before we have no limitations. Cause there was an assumption on my part that it would be like, Oh, we're in the green zone. Now you could have a hundred people in, Yeah, but there's not that. No. And now we can't have anybody in. It's like this weird, we're losing the game of zones, you know, yeah. like this is, it's too much drama. And it's really frustrating. The thing that is hardest to not get in a bad mood is when you're biking to the Mayfair and you pass three patios that are packed with people clearly not distancing. Mm -hmm. They're way less than two meters apart sitting back to back. The rule is also supposed to be, if you're on a patio, it's supposed to be, you know, say like you and your wife would go 
to sit on a patio, mm-hmm. but you can't then have Gwen and I sitting there with you. It has to be the same rule. We can't be shoulder to shoulder at a patio just because it's on this magical patio. Yeah. So all those rules are being broken because you see a table of six and you're like, I'm pretty sure you don't all live together. Yeah, my backyard, well, not my backyard, but the neighbors to the left of ours, they've been having not like a ton of people over, but they'll have at least two people over and they'll just be back there, no masks, just kind of smoking and drinking and chilling. And it's like, on the surface, I don't care. I mean, playing bass super late at night would bother me or something like that. But like, you know, I want people to have fun. I want it to be, you know, if you're not, if it's not that loud, I don't really care. But now I kind of thought that might be curbed a little bit. And what am I supposed to do? Be like, hey, are they vaccinated? Are they in your bubble? You know, it's like, it's not really my business per se, but they do have two young kids. And I guess I was just a little surprised that they were cavalier about just having random people over. I don't have kids. I don't know, but like seemed kind of heavy to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the reason why we're not out of this already, right? Like if, Mm. if we were all super awesome and stayed home and didn't do anything and didn't see anybody, it would have stopped, but everybody's still kind of hedging their bets around the rules and stuff. So Mm. who knows? Signs point towards there's better times ahead sooner than later. I hope we don't go into a darker zone than red, but no. yeah, we're just standing by. We're still doing, I've sold off a couple of more marquees, which is fun. It's nice to get a couple bucks, but it's also fun. It's nice to have that part of the community of people putting up birthday announcements. We've sold off a couple more of those. I sold, I think, two more poster boxes inside. So we still have a few more of those left mm-hmm. over, but So we still have plaques up for grabs, too. I I made an order recently, so I'll install those very likely before we're back. So that will be all touched up in time. But so there's still opportunity for people if they have a a little bit of a disposable income to support us in that way. Some people are so nice and just sending like 10 bucks every once in a while. But people who ask, I just tell them that kind of like I said earlier, like we're not in panic mode yet. So really hang on to that money. And when we're back come to a lot of movies buy that popcorn and coke when you come that helps us out and just keep us in your mind and keep retweeting and re-facebooking our posts that keeps us out there in people's eyelines so Mm -hmm. but yeah now we're just kind of hovering waiting for news (laughs) yeah hoping for the weather to keep improving and maybe that defeats the virus at least for us i don't know remember when this happened a year ago when we were all like Ah, this will be a weird month. Yeah. And then now we're pushing our 13th month of doing this. Yeah, it's not so great now. I'm kind of tired of it very much. And to like just reminding myself of the stuff I can't do. And it also freaked me out when I'm like, if my mom's not getting vaccinated until August and my brother was trying to come up in July, that doesn't bode well for me. I'm not of the age where, you know, I'll be line jumping anytime soon. Oh, yeah. I'm never getting one. I'm going to be last. Deservedly, I will be last in line because, like, what do I do? I run a movie theater and write comic books. I'm a healthy, middle-aged white dude. I do not deserve to be in front of any lines. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be a little while before I get my needles, but hopefully a lot of other people will get them before I do and the ball will start rolling. Uh, Have you watched anything fun lately? God, what have I watched lately? (laughs) You weren't expecting that. The funny thing is that during COVID, I finally jumped into the pool, and this is not cinematic, but forever I've been wanting to watch Dark Shadows. Oh, man. But 
it's a giant commitment because it was a soap opera, right? So it was on daily and it wasn't on that long. It was on for five seasons, but there's like a thousand episodes or something yeah. like that. Maybe even more, maybe 1,200 episodes because it was on just every day. The good news is they're short. They're like 22 minutes. I thought they were going to be like an hour. I'm like 200 episodes deep in that. Oh, man. And unironically, I'm madly in love with it. <laughs> and it's a bit different than a normal soap opera because even though we haven't hit full stride yet, there's ghosts and supernatural stuff on top of the normal backstabbing and love triangles. And then I think around 300 episodes in or something like that i'm on like episode 170 i just remembered i'm not on 200 yet i'm on like 170 okay basically but it might even be soon like 200 or 300 episodes in a vampire becomes the main character on the show and they go full-on monster soap opera so that's what i'm looking forward to and then i've seen the tim burton movie but now my mind has blanked it out because i've started watching all this so i can't even mm -hmm. really remember that movie but so that that that's that's been my lockdown watch for the last little while. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, the uh, movie, I remember being like, okay, but it's on the scale of modern Burton versus classic Burton. For In terms of modern Burton, it was like, hey, that, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, it's always that backhanded compliment of like, this gets my highest review. Yeah. That wasn't terrible. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. We finally watched, well, I had started watching it, but I started too late and I fell asleep, not because it was bad, but just because of, you know, bad timing. But we watched Psycho Gorman as a couple, I guess. Oh, cool. Super fun. I mean, it wasn't at the Mayfair, so I feel guilty, but we're trapped inside. So what, what could we do? Friend of Mayfair, Stuart Wellington from the Flophouse podcast. He's in that movie, technically, because he's, he's the voice of Tube Man. Which one is Tube Man? He is kind of like... the brain, the floating brain? Yeah, like a brain in a jar. Oh, that's the best character. And he has like one line. I can't remember the line. Yeah. He basically, I'm assuming, phoned in that cameo, like probably sat at home with his podcast equipment microphone that records a decent quality. I thought he would have a slightly bigger line, but he was saying that much like Star Wars action figures back in the late 70s, they were notorious for having somebody who just walked by in the background. So I want my two-man action figure. I want my Stuart action figure from, from Psycho Gorman. They have them. There's a, like a, I don't know if it was a set of five or something, but I saw at some point, yeah, there was some Psycho Gorman figures. And that, I'm pretty sure that was one of them. Because I remember thinking that was the best looking character. It could be. There's weird merch. I've been doing like a tie-in, like a restaurant tie-in as well. I don't remember the chain now, but it's like a Canadian burger chain. How are they doing that? It's like a crazy R-rated movie. Yeah, right. Like, in this, it's in I think Kitchener or St. Catharines, something like that. And that, like, so you can buy. Oh my God, this is so up your alley. It's not even funny. You can buy two collectible glasses. Oh, a Psycho Gorman or a the bad person whose name I don't remember. Yeah, like, there's been a bunch of random merch for this low budget, I guess, Canadian weirdo movie. <laughs> so but it's a lot of fun like it's weird obviously but yeah like it's definitely not it wasn't the movie's fault that i fell asleep the first time i'll tell you that yeah we're in this age of film now where you can do a movie like psycho gorman and it's still very low budget i'm sure but because of doing special effects on laptops essentially there was a lot of big imagination in that movie mm -hmm. that not that long ago would have been the powers that be looking at a spreadsheet and being like, okay, this movie will cost $100 million. And now you can spend a fraction of that and still have the big alien worlds and blood and guts and effects and everything. And so it's a lot of fun that 
indie films and really genre films have always done this like kind of low budgets can have big imaginations Mm because for that same budget you could just do a romantic comedy or whatever but it's fun that for no money you can do a psycho gorman and get a fan base who want to buy glasses and Mm -hmm. lunchboxes and stuff (laughs) yeah same with turbo kid they announced that they're doing a game oh yeah like a, a kind of a throwback not quite 8-bit, but, you know, just one of those fun side-scrollers. And I think they're working on a trilogy, actually. Like, cause I know they were making a second one, but I think the hope is that they'll be able to do all three. But it's, you know, again, you're trying to ride the line between low budget and big visual or at least atmosphere. So I really hope they can pull it off. His buddy, Johan, it was his birthday yesterday, actually, one of the three directors of Turbo Kids. So shout out to him. That's so cool. I just love that we can have these weird things where you're like, what year are you releasing this movie in? Like all this random tie-in merch and stuff. I'm just in heaven with this stuff. Yeah, just the other day I retweeted a Star Wars. There was a whole thread actually, but it was just photos of toy displays in this the late 70s, early 80s for Star Wars mm. stuff. And it's kind of a rarity because it's the same reason we don't have a lot of Mayfair photos because it's only been relatively recent in our history that every damn one of us is walking around with this high definition camera in our pocket. So it means taking weird photos like that is common. But back in the late seventies, early eighties, kids weren't walking around with cameras. So nobody was taking pictures of toy stores and stuff like that. But the shot of just a display of Star Wars toys in 1983 I could stand there as a kid and look at that the way somebody would be in the Museum of Modern Art staring at a Van Gogh painting you know (laughs) like look at all those especially because they're all sealed still you're like oh that's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of money oh it's crazy (laughs) it's the joke right go back in time and tell all the kids not to do that but then the loophole is wait but if everybody took care of them they wouldn't be worth anything because we would all just have a closet full of mint condition lobot in package action figures no that's just lee's closet though (laughs) yeah stuff has to be thrown out and destroyed and played with for the minuscule leftover stuff to be worth anything it's true fun side well to me it's fun but one of my biggest regrets one of my biggest mayfair regrets i should say was that i missed the one night only screening that we had of the astrologer oh yeah years back i don't even know how many years now that is but it never got released it still has not gotten released because i'd heard it's mainly music rights issues or something and i haven't seen the movie so i don't know what music is in there and for what reason but supposedly like it's just going to be one of those things is one night only here and there and now there's cinemas aren't even open but just randomly on twitter someone pointed out that someone's uploaded a copy of it there's like a 2k version of it on youtube and not that i'm like trying to get into skirting legalities and whatnot but just i'm sure if it's maybe like some of the people involved in it were just like we can never release this so here's this oops someone put it online but i'll tell you i I was over the moon to see that i mean just even being able to, to stream something like that that's just a lost piece of art. I honestly was, that's a very specific me memory, but I was crushed that I missed that and then it never, ever came back. (laughs) I remember people asking about movies as such and just this Santa's not coming this year, Timmy, heartbreak of like, (laughs) you have to reply and be like, well, never say never, but that probably was the only time we'll ever screen that. I've witnessed people answering that question face to face, just crestfallen that fill in the blank is not coming back because it was this weird one night only anomaly surfer is another one that's surfer teen oh god i don't think that ever got released either i think that's the same deal like they're just and i mean not for the same reasons but <laughs> it did never got like a blu-ray or anything like that so weird one thing i did just watch just comes to mind talking about rarities is 
it's funny that it's on Netflix, but Netflix has a documentary called The Last Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. It's just a, it's a fun little nerd documentary. Of course, Kevin Smith's in it and a lot of other nerds as such. At first, I was like, why don't they do a story about independent video stores? But this makes sense. This is specifically about Blockbuster because now it's quite the story. Once this most successful chain franchise business on the planet is, as we speak, spoiler, down to a single Blockbuster. And that's kind of fascinating. It talks all about how the world has changed and how certain ages have that nostalgia of going to a place on a Friday night and looking around and finding stuff and then bringing it back, all that kind of stuff that really doesn't make sense anymore because going to a movie is one thing. Going to a concert is one thing. Going to a place to rent a video, there's nostalgia and fun, but really it's when you can just do it at home. You're like, why did I get in my car and do all that stuff? But in that movie, they talk about that, about how there's stuff that is still only on VHS more than you would think Mm -hmm. because it's a distributor that went belly up or it's a cult movie, a weird movie, stuff that wouldn't get the big 4K re-release kind of thing. That's why we're blessed to have places like Agfa because they Mm -hmm. take care of those kind of movies. Gwen managed to find a VCR at her workplace that wasn't being used and brought it home. And we're trying to set it up, and I have a copy of Steel starring Shaquille O'Neal on VHS. Oh, God. <laughs> and I've never watched it, even though I'm a giant comic nerd. And I've morbid curiosity. I know it's going to be a train wreck, but I've just been dying to watch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she put it into the, or I put it into the VCR, and it wasn't working. And then she put it in and was kind of shoving it in there. And it's the only time in history that somebody's been worried about a copy of steel being wrecked because i was like oh maybe you shouldn't shove it in like that and then it got stuck in there and then i was like oh my god my precious copy of steel on vhs is going to be ruined but she managed to take it apart because she's a genius with all this stuff save the tape everything's fine steel is okay well it it turned out the movie was already ruined yeah so i have yet to watch steel and i could be wrong about this but i think that is a prime example of that's a warner brothers film Starring Shaquille O'Neal, and yeah, I know Shaquille O'Neal isn't Robert De Niro or Denzel Washington or whatever, but it's a major studio release that I might be wrong, but I don't think is out there on Blu-ray. I couldn't find it on any streaming service or anything like that. So it's just kind of lost, you know, it's just kind of there. So the only way you're going to see it is sooner or later, the way HBO and Warner Brothers is going, they're just going to dump their archives onto their streaming service i'm sure so that'll pop up on there probably but i think as we speak the only way to get this movie is on vhs so it still happens in 2021 there are still movies from major studios that are out of print it's it's very interesting did your vhs copy of kazam work all right or (laughs) was that one was that also a problem kazam and he just likes wizards yeah (laughs) I remember Kazam getting mixed up with Shazam and having to explain people, no, 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 he's not playing Shazam. No, no, because one of those was actually good. Although I didn't see Kazam, I'm not going to lie. I have not seen Kazam. I have not (laughs) seen Steel. The only Shaquille O'Neal movie I've seen is Blue Chips, which is like a, a real movie. Where he's playing himself essentially, so it's not a big stretch there. But no, but that's the movie that made him the Robert De Niro of NBA players. Of NBA players, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I mean, who else is there? Like Kareem, I guess he was in Airplane. You know, that's something. And then Space Jam Two, inexplicably, is on schedule to come out this summer. 
Yeah, I don't No, I can't imagine it's going to be good, but you know, maybe we'll miss that one. I mean, even if we're open, maybe yeah. we'll miss that one. <laughs> But yeah, I, I always like finding treasure like that. I have a couple of martial arts films like that. I have a couple other films on VHS. I, I don't have a giant collection, but there's some I just hung on to because one I have was a box top send away that came out, I think around the time of Return of the Jedi or maybe like a year afterwards. And it was send in three box tops from this serial and two bucks postage and handling and get this VHS tape. And I think it's like a TV special of a behind the scenes advertising essentially and it's hosted by billy d williams i've never seen that anywhere i've never seen that shoved onto a blu-ray compilation i've never seen that on a behind the scenes thing so this weird star wars documentary that i have that i sent away for from honeycombs or whatever man that sounds fun yeah there's still that treasure out there that you could find that despite in this great age of finding anything you want right away more or less there's still a lot of lost movies out there yeah, even like I know the making of thriller documentary for the longest time. I don't know actually if it still has come out, but that was a VHS only for like quite a while. That was one of the big requests. Yeah, and like Disney Plus just announced that they're gonna put it's so funny. They're not gonna put the Star Wars holiday special up, <laughs> but they're gonna put the Boba Fett cartoon, which I think is pretty short, like maybe seven minutes, five yeah. minutes, maybe. I don't know. But it's a really cool cartoon. And I think that's Canadian content as well, because I believe Nelvana animated that. Hmm. I'm not sure if in Ottawa, but at least somewhere here in Ontario, in Toronto or something like that, did that short. So even those kind of weird lost treasures are slowly coming out and they're putting the two Ewok TV movies, which haven't been available forever. Oh, man. Those are very much under the category of. I know they're not good, but I love them. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't Lee have a poster for one of those or something? I think so, or yeah. That might be that other one. Like, I get confused because I think, was there a third one? as well? Like, Battle for Endor, is that one of the two or is that a third one? No, there's two. There's, I think it's the Ewok Adventure and Battle for Endor. Okay. Elsewhere on our planet, they were released theatrically. So. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was cheap, but he actually has a theatrical poster of that that's another funny example of people fretting about what is and what is not a movie and i'm like yeah but we've got movies like these ewok movies were released theatrically elsewhere on earth or a movie like duel spielberg's duel was released on tv here back in the 70s and theatrically in the uk i believe a movie's a movie if it's 90 minutes or technically if it's over an hour and it's a story or a documentary and synchronized sound and has credits on it and has either actors or it's a documentary type thing. That's a movie. I don't care where it's from. It could be on TV or on a VHS tape or overseas or here. It's kind of like a song. Like no matter where you hear a song, it's still a song. Yeah. It's weird watching all the old stuff. Like I was watching some Buster Keaton stuff the other day and that stuff's all so short, barely an hour for most part. It's weird. Cause like I normally would have considered that a short if it was under an hour, but those were long at the time. So it's like, is it not a movie? You know? Yeah. I got into the closest thing, an argument I ever want to get to on the internet, and this was years ago, this might be like seven or eight or nine years ago, we were playing a shorter film and somebody said, oh, that nowadays that wouldn't even be a movie. A, a movie has to be 90 minutes to be considered a feature. And I said, you're mistaken. And <laughs> they got angry at me. And so then like off the top of my head, I proceeded to, and I double checked on IMDb, but whether it be an animated film like... Dumbo, which is a bit older, so you think, okay, well, that's older. But Land Before Time, 
is under 80 minutes. There's a number of films that are under 90 minutes or even under 80 minutes that are big screen movies like Army of Darkness. We screened one, I believe it was called The Fits. It was really short, 70 minutes or so. And I thought it was great. We were supposed to be screening this documentary called Stray that was just over 70 minutes. Oh, yeah. So I looked it up too. According to the Oscars, and this rule might be really old, but essentially it said under 60 minutes is short, over 60 minutes is feature. So that's the rule. So Hmm. nowadays, mostly it's four hours. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I did watch the Snyder Cut as well. But, you know, I mean, that was just four one-hour movies, right? That's a totally different thing. That's the same as the reason why so many movies are long is it's the the blessing and the curse of Netflix paying for movies and letting filmmakers do whatever they want is that you get a three-hour movie or a two-hour, 40-minute movie where not too long ago, some distributor or film studio would say, "Uh, you got to be 215 at the most. We have so many movies that are epic now, and that's why, because if it's on TV, Netflix doesn't care how long it is. They just go, we're giving you $80 million. If it's four hours or 80 minutes, we don't care. And there you go. So they don't got to really have a format. No, and it's, it's funny. They were talking about, the Russo brothers were talking about doing a six-hour version of Endgame. I'm in. <laughs> I would really hope that what they mean is it's like Infinity War and Endgame as one movie. But when I first read it, I was like, do you mean like a six-hour version of just Endgame? Because, like, what? Like, that's... If they... (laughs) There's no way you cut that much out. (laughs) If they did a six-hour endgame, for one, I'm all in. But they have to do something now because it's so bizarre. Totally, I'm proven wrong because I was like, I can't believe anybody out there on our planet cares about Avatar. But then over in China, they released Avatar just because, because there was no other big epic movies or whatever. And it made, I don't know, $20 million American and now it is the number one movie of all time again. It leapfrogged back over Avengers Endgame. Ugh. So now Endgame has to do a six-hour re-release so it can make $5 million and jump back over Avatar again. Oh, man. You know, that's probably exactly what it is. But even then, I'm like, that's... Wow, that's long. Like, I can't even... That's like one and a half Snyder cuts. Like, come on. I would imagine that they split it up, I don't know, like Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows style, right? Like, just... It would be Endgame Part 1, Endgame Part 2. Yeah, but again, I mean, I just hope that it's a combination of the two movies because otherwise I'm just... You're telling me that you cut three hours <laughs> worth of movie out of that last movie? Come on. Sometimes, you know, ever since they've gotten to showing what has been cut for better or for worse, and really it's kind of like the DVD and the Blu-ray revolution started that of just showing us everything that's left behind. And every once in a while you'll see like, Here's what we cut. And it's like an hour. It's a lot of stuff. The prime example is that Anchorman movie we were talking about, right? Yeah. That fake Anchorman spinoff where they had enough extra footage to do another 90-minute movie. So maybe there is three hours of endgame footage out there. Man. Well, I mean, I'll probably watch it. It's just that's going to be a long afternoon. Yeah, I still haven't watched and it's not in my plans to watch the Snyder cut anytime soon. I haven't even seen Batman versus Superman yet because almost everybody I know did not like it and said, no, you don't want to watch it. So the compliment I hear about Snyder cut is it's better than the other one. True. But I'm like, I don't know. That's not a high bar to leap over, really. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it is what it is. It's good, but it's a four hour, like, I don't know. You know, I like, it's such a weird thing for me to even try to review. 
like because there's definitely some sequences that are fantastic i couldn't believe weren't in the original but i mean i'm not gonna watch it again and it is what i thought it would be and i don't regret watching it but yeah it's it's, uh you know you're not you know what you'll come to see but i will say you would need to see batman superman going into it because the opening scene of the snyder cut is the ending of batman superman so I literally, I had to look it up as we were watching because I was like, what's happening? The weirdest thing I heard, I think it was on the Flophouse actually, I was listening to, is that they thought that you had to watch the other cut of the film to get this four-hour cut. <laughs> no. Because there was stuff cut out of that that wasn't in this that would help understand Aquaman more or whatever. And I was like, well, that's not well done if you have a four-hour cut and you're just like, still need to watch that other two-hour cut. But Who needs to understand Aquaman? I'm like, we get it. He talks to fish. Come on. (laughs) He's a good-looking guy who can beat us all up. What do you want? I also don't have the channel that that's on, so that's another excuse for me not running out to watch it right now. But maybe one day. Sad Josh. (laughs) Someone gift him the Snyder Cut, please. There is never not something to do. Melissa at the Mayfair was saying that she's kind of that cliche with her boyfriend of sitting there and kind of fretting for a long time over what to watch on Netflix and going back and forth and saying, I want to watch this, I want to watch that. Gwen and I are really good with that. We just have this six-mile-long queue on Disney Plus and on Netflix. So we can just sit down and be like, bam, there we go. We're ready. But that's how I feel about it all. Like, it seems like once a week I add another couple movies that popped up on Netflix or whatever. So I'm I'm never going to run out. I'm never like, even during this whole on and off lockdown, I've never been like, oh, there's nothing to watch. No, there's especially like, yeah, the, I mean, the list just keeps going, it seems like. I mean, man, April's got some good stuff coming. I'm, I didn't think I was this excited about Mortal Kombat, but apparently I am. <laughs> so that'll be good. Okay, so it looks like we're going to wrap this up pretty soon. So I will just remind people that we do not know the answer of when we will be back. Just stay tuned to our social media. We will have news to share there as soon as we have news to share. If you have a bit more money to spend, we're still doing the marquee thing or the plaque thing. And otherwise, just hang on to that money and be ready to come and watch a bunch of movies when we return. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another podcast. Great. Thanks, everybody. Bye. We should go into the theater on the 31st and just act out Godzilla vs. Kong. (laughs) We won't actually have access to the movie, but we can make our own movie. How would you like to help me deal the next generation of super weapons to the world? The weapons of tomorrow. I've already made quite a few of these dandy little toys. Do you really want to be the only ones without my kind of firepower? Terrorizing our cities today. Officers down. We got a big problem here. Now, to protect those... Hey, Grandma! ...who can't fight back. The gang's still messing with him? Worse than ever. One man must stand up for the people. Maybe the police aren't enough. Maybe we need a new kind of firepower for ourselves. Gotcha, bro. What exactly am I supposed to be doing here? We make our own kind of weapons to take out the ones in the streets. To stop the enemy without hurting them. And become a new breed of hero. That might get a little dangerous. I laugh at danger. I boogie around danger like a soul-trained dancer. With a will of iron, a heart of gold, and a body of steel. It's hammer time. What a magnetic personality. We gotta admit, the guy's got style. Shaquille O'Neal. Where'd he go? The Batcave? Steel. Man, I could be Robin. You wanna know what you can do to help? What? Anything. Don't tell Grandma. 